welcome to the 15th episode of The Week with Roger, a conversation between analysts about all things telecom, media, and technology from Recon Analytics. I'm Don Kellogg, and with me as always is Roger Entner. How you doing, Roger? I'm great. How are you? Good. So this week, I thought we'd take a question from one of our listeners about network prioritization and management uh, and dig a little bit deeper in terms of how does the network prioritize calls versus video versus data, et cetera. Do you want to talk through that? Sure. So shout out to uh, Doggett Stetson, who asked the question. And if anybody else has questions, reach out to us and uh, we'll, we'll find an episode where we talk about this. So every network has what's called a quality of service class identifier. And that determines how different packets on the network are being prioritized. But this is about prioritization of like signaling traffic. So the signaling traffic so that you set up a call gets prioritized over everything else, right? Because otherwise you don't have anything. So that's your, that's your control channel, correct? Exactly. You have your control channel. You have, for example, the highest priority has mission-critical, delay-sensitive signaling between the different network elements. That's like the most important thing. Priority one is, for example, IMS signaling. That's the next most important thing that basically this happens. Then the, the second highest priority has conversational voice, you and somebody else talking. And that's something that's called QCI1. Right. And then we have various other things that may or may not get different prioritization. There's a whole table you can look up, but most of the things that are on that list of QCI lists basically are not really implemented. There's, for example, uh, a classification for V2X, like vehicle to whatever messaging. Right. That's, for example, something. It hasn't been implemented because there is no V2X messaging at this time. They're all talking about it, that it will come, right? So what's important is voice messaging, which is basically the most important thing that people see. And then there are two classifications for data, QCI8 and QCI9. And so as long as you are at a non-congested cell site, the prioritization doesn't matter because there's enough capacity for everybody to be happy so your packets get equally sent. The moment you are hitting a congested cell site, some level of prioritization is going on. The packets that are QCI9 get treated at a less frequent path than QCI8. QCI8 is the premium data services. So when you look at the different carriers, they typically have a high, and you look at the, the, the small print that you're seeing, you see that QCI8, which is typically the most expensive plan you can buy, doesn't have any slowdowns or, or 
what some people call throttling. Or it's a higher threshold before you hit that slowdown, right? So a lot of carriers will say you get 20 gigs or 50 gigs or 100 gigs before you hit slowdown, correct? No, that's QCI 9. That's That would be QCI 9. So the QCI 8 data gets always prioritized. So if, for example, Don buys the best rate plan at his favorite carrier, that usually is QCI 8 and he gets always prioritized. I buy the cheaper plan or I go to a MVNO, those guys have usually bought QCI9. And that is the plan and those are the packets that after I hit a certain threshold, I get slowed down. And depending on what provider you're on, that's somewhere between 22 gigabytes and 50 gigabytes and the price plan. So before I hit the 22 or 50, my QCI 9 packets are exactly treated the same way as my QCI 8, like your QCI 8 packets, right? The moment I hit that threshold and we are both in a congested site, your packets are being treated, they come in and they immediately get done. My packets might have to wait a cycle, then the next packet and the next packet gets sent, then I have to wait like a microsecond and, or a cycle and then they get, the, basically it's congestion management. And so that's how it works on networks. And it works like that around the globe. In Germany, for example, they do even differentiation on speed. So if I buy a more expensive price plan, not only do I get more data, I get less prioritized, I also get higher speed. In the US, you always get the highest speed that is possible. But in Europe, you can even with some countries, Germany, for example, you can basically get the speed differentiation already from, from the day your plan starts, right? And then Don, you know, Don, you buy the more expensive plan, I buy the cheaper plan, and then your download speed is 100 megabits per second, and mine is never faster than 30, right? Right. So those are some of the differences that are being done in, in other countries. To be clear, the, the prioritization of those packets only happens if we're, if we're using the U.S. example, we're looking, we're, we're talking about QCI 8 and QCI 9. That prioritization only happens in, in circumstances where there is congestion, right? So, correct. So it's not like you get to whatever your you know data bucket is, twenty two or or fifty gigabytes, whatever it may be, and automatically you're slowed down. You get to that threshold, and then you are subject to slowdowns if necessary, as deemed by the network. Correct. Correct. Exactly. So if you are somewhere out in in rural America, you're the only person in the cell site. You will never get slowed down. It will always be full speed because there's nobody else around. Right. If you are in Manhattan pre-COVID at 5 p.m. and you want to watch your favorite video stream and you have already used 100 gigabytes 
you might get slowed down if that if that site is really busy, right? Whereas your friend who is still within their bucket, same price plan, doesn't get slowed down because their packages are still, you know, have the priority on it. So it's it's really very situational. And the cases where your packets are actually slowing down are very rare. So we talked about 11, uh, about 22 gigabytes. We're talking about 50 gigabytes bucket. The average unlimited customer is using 11 gigabytes, right? So you have to be, if you're on, on some of the MVNOs or really, or one of the lower rate plans for, for some of the carriers, you have to be double the data usage of the average person. And in many cases, you have to be five times as much. So the, the inconvenience is, is rather small and temporary. And you have used multiple times the average usage. That's when you get hit. The thing is, those are usually the people who scream the loudest, right? Yep. So speaking of network resources, I know you've been done, done a lot of work recently writing about private networks and how private networks allocate resources. Do you want to talk a little bit about how that works and uh, give us an example of how a private network uh, is part of the new 5G spec that's going to kind of add a little bit of flexibility in terms of how carriers manage their networks? Sure. One way under 5G and the new 5G uh, standalone cores is that you can do network slicing. Basically, the prerequisite here is, is that new 5G standalone core. And what it basically does, it turns the network that is right now a lot of boxes, network elements where hardware and software is integrated into a big PC, right? And one of the challenges that exists on all of that is you have a really very coarse control over the network. When the network basically turns into a PC, you can say, I'm going to have a network instance for the RAN. And so somebody like an industrial provider wants to buy this much speed, this much data, and then they can allocate exactly that amount and guarantee it that that customer will always have this latency and will always have that bandwidth. And then they're allocating the right amount of network core assets and, and application layer assets so that everything works. And so you can actually create a partition on the network that is separate from the rest. And you can guarantee that that slice gets the access that they have. And it's like the change of basically living together with 10 people in a gymnasium and how you share resources to going into something that has, has rooms. You know the dimension of the room, you know what you're going to get, you have a lock, all of these things. So network slicing is really going to revolutionize that and make it possible for customers to get exactly what they buy and specify exactly what they buy rather than have a shared resource, which we have today. Today, it's a, it's a 
free for all other than the, the QCI mechanism? Well, today there's two options, right? You can use the shared resource, right? Or you could buy Spectrum and then build out your own network. That's what some of the gas companies, for example, have done in the oil fields in the past. But then you, if you're the gas company, you're responsible for maintaining that network, right? And, and, and making sure everything works correctly, building it out. Yeah, and upgrading it all and all that. Exactly. Now, with network slicing, you could say, yeah. this is the, the exact spec of the network that I'd like. I'm going to buy that from an existing network provider yes. and get my exact spec and not have to maintain it. In the example of the oil and gas companies, a lot of them sold their spectrum to, to Nextel in exchange of free service, right? And basically said, like, this is too hard. They're maintaining our network. Here we have somebody else who, who maintains and updates it. And, you know, for a certain part of time, in exchange of our spectrum, we got it for free. And then after five years, we have to start paying for it. So we, we've been here before in terms of private networks where trucking companies and, and electrical utilities all had their own network. And they basically all sold out because they found it too hard, too cumbersome. And so with 5G slicing, this will really make a big, big difference. All right. Well, I think that's all we have time for today. Thanks, Roger. Terrific. Thank you. 